frustrating when you lose track of where the penalty clock is and you let a guy slip behind you? Is that something at this point of the year that shouldn't happen anymore? At this point of the year, this is the National Hockey League. Like, that's peewee stuff. It's nothing to do with the season or anything like that. You play on the power play in the National Hockey League, they should not get behind you coming out of the penalty box. All losses are, are tough, Sheldon, no matter what they, how they happen, but any more difficult given that you guys tie the game late and just turn over the defensive zone. Yes, that's what I'm saying. It's, we played well enough to win the game, but we do it just enough to lose, right? Like second goal, third goal. Those are gifts. You can't give gifts to the goalies playing the way he is in the other end. Uh, goals so such so hard to come by. You, you battle your way back to tie the game. You, you can't you can't do that. That was Toronto Maple Leafs head coach Sheldon Keefe talking about the Kyle McLean goal, the first of his National Hockey League career. That was a really cool moment. His dad standing on the bench. He's an Islanders assistant coach. Um, Kyle McLean comes out of the box. Skates Samsonov out of his skates and deeks him out of his skates and uh, scores the goal to make it two to one. Islanders, Islanders end up winning three to two last night. Hope everybody's having a great Tuesday here. Um, we are getting started here at Alethio today. We have uh, an episode of the Deep Fade coming out later with Zach. He's going to be in here recording after, so we're going to keep it short today. Um, not we we didn't think we had a lot uh, to talk about today, and then right before we started recording, we saw the. Uh, news that Chicago is going to host the Winter Classic, which I called about two weeks ago, if anybody is out there keeping tabs. Uh, it seems like they're going to play the Blues at Wrigley Field. That is awesome. Um, that that seems to be the news of the day. Uh, that's going to be really exciting for this city. And uh, we'll, we'll get to that in a second. Um, but I do want to talk about the Leafs game first. They lose to the Islanders. Um, that Those quotes obviously are... Um, the the ones that made the rounds last night as far as uh, what was probably a bit of an overblown situation. Um, you see people break out of the box all the time and skate in alone and score goals and have great opportunities. And uh, the fact that it happened to Kyle McLean was uh, just another play in hockey, in my opinion. And the ability to know when to push your team in the media regardless of what is going on inside of the locker room because what you say to the media is public for everybody to hear the ability to know when to push them because they hear that they see that they read it whether they choose to admit it or not um the the quotes definitely get around maybe maybe to a good handful of guys they don't but everybody seems to know what's being talked about what your coach says after the game especially when you lose right um, people tend uh, to remember the wins more, but remember what is uh, said less unless you get a uh, soliloquy of an iconic speech, maybe talking about victory and perseverance. But uh, normally people remember the harsh uh, clips from a coach's postgame presser when a team loses. So uh, obviously Sheldon Keefe was not happy about that game last night, how it ended up. I'm uh, fairly certain that that had a lot to do with uh, Pierre Engvall getting the game-winning goal in his return to Toronto, first game back. Um, yeah, I know he struggled there last season, but that must have felt great for him. It was a uh, just strong play in front of the net, bearing down on his stick, putting it right through Samsonov's legs. Um, and Ely Samsonov's probably going to take last night's game uh, a bit hard. You could see his face on the bench, definitely not pleased. Um, but he is definitely 
in a better position than he may have been a month and a half ago. Um, he's played a good game yesterday. That was definitely not on him in any manner whatsoever as far as what went down uh, upon puck drop. And uh, I don't know. I don't think you should really go after your team like that and just say this is the National Hockey League. And it's a tough quote. It is uh, contrasting it with Patrick Waugh yesterday, who talking about his team's win was just very positive and upbeat. You can tell that he's been that way since he's gotten his opportunity with the Islanders. And um, do we have the Patrick Waugh clip? Could we could we play that? This is yes, him sir. talking about Bo Horvat sticking up for Matt Barzell last night. This is who he is. He's a leader on this team. I mean, leader, you know, always take care of your, their teammates. I mean, in life you have a chance. You could be an eagle or duck. He was an eagle there. What do you Not imagine? Yeah, just totally two different totally sides of the spectrum as far as what you can emit through emotions talking to others when you know it's going to be out there. Obviously, every game in Toronto is a media circus for the Islanders. They're the visiting squad there. Um, Patrick Waz had a few games in the limelight since he's gotten back behind an NHL bench. Obviously, the game in Montreal a week, two weeks ago. Um, but... The fact that um, he was able to stay composed and know what to say and when to say it was just, it's two different, two very different variables here. And then just Sheldon Keefe, it's getting hard because you had a, a coach just fired in Los Angeles. You've seen a bunch of coaches let go over, the, you've seen six coaches let go over the course of the season. Uh, mostly to very good results. We'll get to the Edmonton Oilers in a little while. Um, but if the pressure is coming from the fan base, I think Sheldon Keefe is a good coach. Um, and obviously most people from the outside don't know what it's like on the inside of the locker room as well. But if pressure is mounting, we all saw a very good coach like go in Los Angeles with Todd McClellan. Um, Jim Hiller steps in. He'll step behind the bench. And um, DJ Smith was brought on as, as an assistant to Jim Hiller. Um, that was released last evening, last evening, I think. So um, if you're Sheldon, you just got to tone it down maybe and keep more of that internal with, within what's going on in the uh, team and your, your displeasure maybe with some of the performances. If you want to adjust the power play, then maybe change the personnel on it. Maybe bring a couple of the guys from the first unit down to the second unit. Vice versa, bring a couple guys up. Maybe a guy like Nick Robertson. Uh, he's been working really hard lately. Um, Matthew Nyes, maybe, if you want to try and get him some first power play touches. Um, but other than that, that was a, it was a good, even hockey game yesterday. That, that was also the other reason why I don't really understand too much. I know the, the Kyle McClain goal was a tough one to give up, and... The Pierre Engvall one definitely stung, even though they probably won't. Uh, he didn't mention it as much in his press conference. Um, it was a good hockey game, very hard fought, uh, very tough, very physical, uh, clog in the neutral zone type of game. Um, felt almost like a playoff game, playoff game light. Um, so that was a very nice pace of a game after just coming off a five, six day break, too, for All Star. So, um, 
that was the game last night. Uh, there was another one. New York defeats Colorado 2-1 to one in overtime. Alexander Lafreniere gets the goal. Alexander. I think it's just Alex. Um, Alexi. Um, but, yeah, that was uh, Nathan McKinnon's game for as long as it was. Uh, Artemi Panarin obviously had the goal. Kind of a little bit of a whatever you can do, I can also do for Artemi Panarin, uh, who I don't think um, is getting as much staying power talk in the Hart Trophy discussion, mostly because of what Nathan McKinnon and Nikita Kucherov are doing, going back and forth with each other. Uh, Nathan McKinnon ties Kucherov atop the NHL scoring race at 85 points last night with that goal, which was just a true display of his force and his ability to cut through. I mean, the the Nathan McKinnon talk has been endless around everybody in the league. Uh, People are really starting to understand that he is in that group of top three players in the game right now. Um, so just like the, and it's because of the way he plays, right? The, the force, the, the galloping, the skating, the, the physicality, the assertiveness, the, um, whatever adjective you want to use to describe it. Um, Nathan McKinnon does what he does and, uh, can take over a game for however long he's on the ice. When he's on the ice, the play centers around him which doesn't really happen with a whole lot of players. It happens a little bit with Matthews. It happens a good bit with Matthews. But um, even in last night's game, you saw the big hit from Scott Mayfield uh, on Austin. And you can tell that there's still times when the play doesn't really stick around him. It gets, you know, Austin plays in the defensive zone too. Not saying that uh, McKinnon and McDavid do not. But the puck, they're able to just push the puck forward at an unbelievable rate. I don't have um, the NHL's edge stats in front of me uh, as far as what the the analytics are behind that, but you can just tell watching the game too. Uh, we're talking about the greatest players in the world. That there's no need getting into the finer detail of points with them. Um, but the the Rangers win in overtime. I almost said the Islanders there. Um, but the Rangers win it in overtime. So both New York teams get wins yesterday. Jonathan Quick was spectacular. Alexander Georgiev was also really great coming off uh, an all-star appearance. And uh, we did not see Igor Shesterkin. Jonathan Quick got the secondary assist on the overtime winner by Lafreniere. Um, He now has uh, three career OT game-winning goals. And uh, it was his 30th point of the year. And he is a minus nine, I want to say. Which we all know plus minus is an overrated stat. It doesn't really... You know, it's like goals against average with goaltenders. It's more of a team stat. Um, plus minus is more situational. We all know uh, empty netters, all, all the all the like. Um, but with Lafreniere, you're trying to show that you're more of an assertive player than that. He is a big body. Um, the poise he had with the puck and overtime holding the puck a bit longer, uh, just just a second longer so he could cut even a few feet more into the center of the ice and more towards the hash marks and rip a shot. And that just shows that he is um, growing as a player, which is nice to see. Um, I, I'm a big supporter of not labeling guys busts when they are 20 and 21 years old. The National Hockey League is very, as we heard from Sheldon Keefe earlier, it's the National Hockey League. Um, no, but um, it's hard to play in the league as an 18-year-old. What Connor Bedard has done and what some of these other players... Like, it's an adjustment. You can't just step into this league right away and dominate like that. And so, um, even though he was picked first overall, this isn't 
football where every draft pick immediately steps into your lineup and is a key contributor and their success hinges on your team's success every year. Um, in hockey, you have to, it's the long game, right? So a lot of players don't really find their full groove until they're 20, 21, 22. You know, they're late bloomers who don't make the league until they're 24 or 25. Um, it happens. So um, nice to see Lafreniere really growing into his own. I think there's more to unlock there. There's more to uncover into his game, maybe even more of a defensive winger you know um if that could ever be his game i think that would be a great place for him to maybe start developing i don't know if peter laviolette is really the coach that's going to instill that with him um might be one of the assistants there that maybe can try and hone that in his game but i'm a big alexa i'm becoming more of a lafreniere fan the more that i watch him i thought that overtime goal was spectacular yesterday uh like i said jonathan quick was as well um, and who, who would have thought that we would have seen this out of Jonathan Quick? Um, he has 11 wins already. He is a 918 save percentage. Uh, he got the assist yesterday. I mean, the, it, this is kind of a late career renaissance for the three-time Stanley Cup champ. And uh, the, the fact that we're seeing this from him and he's able to spell Igor Shosturkin, who maybe isn't having the highest... Uh, level of play the standard that he set for himself over the course of the past few seasons you don't really see that in his game this year uh part of that might be the way the team is playing a bit um i think missing philip heedle and replacing him with blake wheeler has been more of a uh, an adjustment as far as giving up chances than maybe we've seen elsewhere but uh the the fact that jonathan quick has been able to step in and provide the kings with quality starts uh, is just uh, a boon for the Rangers as far as trying to stay at the top of the Metropolitan Division for the rest of the year, try and get themselves maybe an easier matchup in the first round. We know how important it is going to be to um, avoid the 2-3 matchup in any of the divisions, really, in my opinion. I think any of the 2-3 matchups in the first round are going to be very difficult ones. And, of course, we're going to see the the upset with one of the wild cards probably at, at one point. But even still, you're you're more likely to move on to the second round if you are winning your division. So, um, let's get into the winter classic. So, Chicago, I, I don't. This just like popped up right as soon as we recorded. So this was reported by Ben Pope, um, and it doesn't seem as if anybody has really announced it yet. Uh, nothing from the National Hockey League yet. So uh, that will probably come soon, but. I think we're safe to assume that the Winter Classic will be here in Chicago and Wrigley, which is right down the street from our office. So that's very exciting for us. Uh, we basically that gives us a nice timeline of growth for a year. Um, looking internally, right? This is kind of a big thing for us. We know uh, we just saw All Star Weekend and a very successful one at that. Um, the cities show up for these types of events. The Winter Classic always is very special for the local market. A lot of people complain that uh, maybe it's losing a bit of its shine on the television side of things. I still disagree with that. Um, it's a lot of fun, in my opinion. And um, the the fact of just the what it does for the local market, too, is awesome. And you knew with Connor Bedard and stepping into the league the way he has that Chicago was going to get a team uh, or was going to get some events like this at some point. So um, really awesome to see the Winter Classic coming here. The Blues will be a fun opponent for that. Um, Chicago played the Detroit, the Detroit Red Wings when they last played at, the, at Wrigley Field. 
I think that was Brendan. Can you look up when the Winter Classic was last at Wrigley? Yep. I, I want to say it was twenty. I want to say it was twenty ten, but I might be wrong. The Winter Classic might have even started at no. I think the first Winter Classic. Let's all right. I need to do a little research here. This is great radio. Great podcasting. Um, Two thousand nine. Was when they played. Okay, so I was a year off. I was a year off. But um, so 2009 was the last time the the event was here. I think it's great that they're going to do it in Wrigley again. Um, do you know what the situation is, Brendan? With the I don't know how much of a White Sox guy you are. Or I, I know you're not too much of a baseball guy at all. But yeah, technically um, I'm a Sox fan. The last baseball game I went to was a Cubs game because I don't really care. But. So was was do you think there was? I mean, like I I personally don't believe that there was any consideration ever to put this event there instead of Wrigley. Yeah, no, Wrigley's just more of a an iconic building. Yeah, exactly. You know? It's it's got the whole neighborhood around it. It's just a great scene. Like even after you go to a game you could just like go around bar hop do whatever but i've just i've seen plans for a a new uh sock stadium close to depaul's loop campus actually Ooh, that would be good i I, like that but are they in need of a new building is that like is that the narrative i've only been to one Sox game it it seemed fine well it just seems like it's kind of just obviously advantageous in the in the cubs favor with the whole neighborhood around the location i just feel like fair it, uh the Sox stadium is kind of alienated alienated in comparison so i i think that's probably the idea there it's not that the stadium's really bad or anything it's just the location probably yeah so um the fact that we're getting this here in wrigley i mean this is literally a, a seven minute walk for us to get to the stadium maybe a 10 minute walk to get to the stadium from our studio here in chicago um, so that's re- really exciting. I mean, everybody in hockey is going to be here for that weekend for the most part. Um, a lot of, a lot of people that were probably, you know, that, that'll be a fun time for us. If we can see some growth in this company and with a lot of these shows, we'll have a lot of fun here around that time. We're going to definitely get some tickets for that. Uh, that will be quite a spectacle. They'll probably bring in a musical guest and we'll get to see Connor Bedard, um, play outside maybe maybe some cool jerseys i mean you know the nhl is going to do it up for chicago and chicago will reciprocate much in like we saw in toronto if you if you provide the fans with something quality in a hockey market they will show out for it and they will appreciate it and they will show their appreciation for it so i know chicago will do just the same this is a great hockey market and um that's going to be a fun time so that's the news of the day chicago and the st louis blues will play in the 2025 nhl winter classic that will be January 1st, New Year's Day. Um, that Just exciting news. I mean, that, that should be great for the city and um, great for the Hawks, too. I mean, maybe they get a few players between now and January 1st, 2025. But um, we'll, we'll see where that goes. I, I'm excited for that. I, that. That gave a big boost to my day, honestly. That gives me a big positive outlook for uh, hockey in Chicago as a whole. Hockey is flourishing in Chicago, and it has been since... Uh, the Hawks and the 2010 Stanley Cup, you know, the youth programs and high school programs here are at an all-time high. The structure to it, the uh, retired NHL players that now have made homes here in Chicago and the suburbs that go to these arenas and help build up the hockey communities here is, it's really remarkable. Uh, you, you can see it even just from the outside, and I've been on the inside of it a little bit, and you you really do see the impact of it. So um, 
that that's great to see all the way from youth hockey all the way through the the college hockey the the one area i will say that needs to grow in chicago and the chicago land area is the college hockey scene uh we need a division one team here eventually we need um the the other schools to step up depaul has a great club program our uh, my alma mater uh brendan's current place of brendan's soon to be all alma mater um but DePaul, DePaul has their club team really uh, figured out. Some of these other schools like UIC and uh, Loyola and Northwestern. Uh, Northwestern's uh, had a up-and-down club program through the years, but um, it's time for there to become more stability in the college level of the game here. This is just an untapped market for it, uh, in my opinion. So, um, But we're going to see that more and more with the Connor Bedard era, era and maybe the Macklin Celebrini era. era. Um, that's a tough word, I guess, for me, man. I, we all have some of those tough words where they're, um, they don't sound great, uh, era. So, uh, maybe we'll see Mac, Macklin Celebrini in the Hawks red and black. Um, that'll, that'll be great if they can get another, top, they're going to have another top pick in the draft. Even if it's not Celebrini, they're going to pick a very good player in June. And, um, it, it's a good time to be a hockey fan here in the city. I will always support that. Um, we're trying to grow the hockey community here and other sports as well. We want to see some other niche sports grow here. That's why we have this platform. Um, we're trying to give other athletes and other journalists who cover and care about games that maybe aren't the, the mainstream. We want to give them the opportunity to showcase themselves. So a uh, great time to be a hockey fan here. Chicago gets the winter classic. Uh, we await the NHL's announcement formally on that though. Um, we have eight games around the NHL tonight, uh, new players on new teams. Maybe we see Andre Kuzmenko in Calgary. I think we will see him there. Um, I know we are going to see Sean Monahan with the Winnipeg Jets, I'm fairly certain, uh, potentially playing with Nikolai Ehlers and Cole Perfetti. Um, that's where Rick Bonus said he'd like to start him uh, right on that Jets second line. That should give them a much more balanced scoring attack. Um and Elias Lindholm, maybe we'll see him in Vancouver tonight. They will be in Carolina taking on the Hurricanes. Um, all should be great matchups. The Jets are playing Pittsburgh. Sidney Crosby obviously coming off an all-star appearance. He is, um, I mean, I'm not going to drone on about Sidney Crosby here. Um, but it is still a, um, it's still remarkable what he's doing at this age. And I think everybody in hockey maybe need. I think everybody is appreciating it, but maybe taking a bit more awe in what is going on with Crosby and considering him more as maybe even a legitimate top five MVP candidate, especially if the Penguins end up sneaking into the playoffs. Um, tall task at hand, but not impossible, especially when you have the the respected core of, that they have um, that is as accomplished as they are. So uh, we'll see that go on tonight. Uh, Vancouver and Carolina, even without Elias Lindholm, that still should be a really good matchup. Um, just a lot of really good hockey. Uh, I'm not going to pretend to know too terribly much about the games tonight. Um, they, I know, uh, Phillies in Florida, that's going to be a great game. Um, it's all about good games. What are good games and who can make a game a good game, right? Um, my one gripe with the NHL tonight is that there are eight games on tap and six of them start at the same time. They all start, uh, 6 p.m. local, 7, 7 p.m. Eastern, um, they did save the best for last. Edmonton going for tying the NHL's longest winning streak of all time. 17 games. They will play the Vegas Golden Knights tonight. Um, they definitely saved the best for last. And maybe that's why they did it. They wanted this game in the 
the prime time or that game will take place at 9 p.m local um 10 p.m eastern so um it is just uh, a good night of hockey. We're, we're getting closer to a Jack Hughes return. Uh, the Devils will host Colorado tonight. I don't think we will see him there. Colorado obviously coming off the loss last night. Uh, that should be an interesting one. Um, yeah, other than that, we um, the the bean pot happened yet last night. Those were uh, That's what I also had my eye on. Um, watching that, uh, Macklin Celebrini scores. Obviously, he was the star of the game. The BUBC game was what everybody was gunning for. But the the Northeastern Harvard game was also really good. Goes to overtime. Gunnar Wolfontaine scores. Um, he's apparently a very good player. I've watched him a few times, and he stood out. I don't know how much NHL potential he really has. I haven't uh, dug that deep on the player, but he is apparently getting some some looks from scouts here and there. Um, so um, the BUBC game was really good, though. Uh, Celebrini was phenomenal. I mean, that kid is looking more mature. I've, I've watched a lot of his games this year with Boston University. Um, the kid's a player. Um, he plays like Crosby. I mean, we were talking about Sidney Crosby earlier. The all-roundedness to his game, um, he can... It's so different. He plays almost a heavier game than some of these Bedard, uh, McDavid even types. I would never consider Connor McDavid to be a heavy player. Um, even though some maybe would, and I'm not saying he's not physical. I know Connor McDavid doesn't shy away from any physicality, but he doesn't necessarily play that heavy style of game. It's finesse, it's poise, it's speed, it's skill. Um, but Celebrini plays, he has some weight to his game, and he's not afraid to lug the puck through uh, hard areas of the ice that, uh, you know, where he's maybe in double coverage. And it's... Um, it's really remarkable. And then when, when they give him space, the second goal where he just rips it uh, on the power play, if you leave a guy like that all alone, like he just showed that he, he can shoot the puck as well. Um, I think everybody can shoot the puck nowadays. Everybody, that, that that's one of the things. Your shot and your skating um, have to be at a certain level to play in the National Hockey League, especially the skating. Uh, nowadays, it used to be where if you had some other attributes to your game, obviously, you could... Um, you could make it on fighting or you could make it on playing defense, good stick work, but um, now you need the skating with it too. But Macklin Celebrini definitely, definitely has an NHL shot in his arsenal already. Um, whatever team drafts him first overall, and he is the first overall pick this year, slam dunk. There is uh, no one that is coming close to him. Uh, I've been really high on Levshinov and the, the gap between one and two Regardless of the pick, if you want to go Demidov, if you want to go Cole Eiserman, if whoever you want to pick at two this year in the upcoming draft, uh, the gap between one and two is substantial enough that um, Macklin Celebrini has cemented it. So uh, Boston University, and, but it was a good game between BU and BC. It seemed like it was going to kind of get away from Boston College a little bit, who uh, obviously those two teams, we talked about it on the program a little bit here. Um, they played each other last week. Boston College got the sweep. If you were a betting man, you would say that the same team never wins three games in a row like that, um, and that Boston University was bound to get one. Um, and they did, and they got it on TD Garden Ice. And um, Luke Tuck, Alex Tuck's little brother, keep that name in mind too. We're talking about guys that play a heavy physical game. Luke Tuck played for the U.S. at the World Championships last year with his brother Alex. Um, I think that is a, a very good player. I think that's a National Hockey League player. Um, but there were a lot of national for future National Hockey Leaguers in that game yesterday. Will Smith is a really talented, very cerebral player. Um, 
four times in that game last night. I just found myself stunned by the 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 pass. Um, you know, you 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 always wonder when guys are out there and they 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 throw a pass somewhere and maybe they you were like, did you really mean to throw that pass and get that? And it's right on the tape of the player that they they get it to. And um, you always wonder if that is um, always done on purpose. I think sometimes it is, sometimes it isn't. Uh, sometimes guys get lucky just like putting the puck in a good area and finding a teammate that happens to be in a good spot. Um, that, that is a lot of hockey is positioning and understanding the flow of the game. So, um, But Will Smith is just a really smart guy, knows where to put the puck, knows where to be. Um, obviously is a phenomenal player. Uh, Gabe Perot was really good too. Um, probably would have liked to see a bigger game out of a player like Cutter Gauthier out of that. Uh, this is the bean pot. Um, so it, it's a big tournament if you're in one of these schools. So, uh, it was, it was fun to watch though. The, the, the fans packed the building. That's the pinnacle of college hockey other than, other than the national championship is the bean pot. So, um, Northeastern is headed to their sixth straight, uh, bean pond final after that overtime win against Harvard, like I mentioned. So, uh, BU and Northeastern will play next Monday at TD garden. So that'll be really fun. The AHL also held their all-star games last night. I guess we refer to them as all-star games now with the three on three series that they do. And, uh, Arsh, the only reason I bring this up is Arsh deep Baines won the MVP of the game couple goals, couple assists. He um, named MVP of the All-Star Games for the AHL. And I, I mentioned it a few weeks ago. I think that guy is an unheralded player that is playing and dominating the American Hockey League right now and should get a look with Vancouver, or if not Vancouver, maybe another team. Uh, we've talked about Vancouver maybe not being done. If some other team feels like they can give this guy a shot, uh, I think he is worth a flyer of a few games at the very least in the National Hockey League on a third fourth line role just to see what he can do see what he can produce um very very good player in my opinion i watched him a few times last year as well the game is growing for our steep gains so um that'll do it for us here today eight games a uh, lot of exciting stuff we'll be back with more we're gonna bring more people on later in the week uh thanks brennan for coming out and being a part of things today of course, and yeah. uh we will see you all in 24 hours